you know what? It's really fun to be here. What's your confidence level in this team to get by this series? Oh, that's unwavering. That's unwavering. It's a game of basketball. You know, for me, the 22 shots, you know, I should have shot 30. You know, it, it really not great of a shooter. So I, I think that just the consistency of just going at it, staying aggressive is always going to put us in a great position. Have you ever had a shooting stretch like this? I think it's now at this point uh, 19 for 62. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? I'm a, I'm a basketball player. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode number 44 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Shout out to Danny Ainge. I hope he's feeling better. I know he's listening to this podcast. So Danny, I hope you're feeling better, bud. How's everyone doing? I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. Episode 44, Banner Banter Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Whether you're on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Obviously... I didn't release the podcast yesterday because I was pretty fired up after after game four. And, I mean, can you blame me? So I, I had to calm down. So it's out the day of game five, and I'll give you a full preview of game five and how the Celtics might be able to win game five, might be able to win this game tonight against the Bucks. I think the game's at 8 o'clock. What, what, yeah, the game's at 8 o'clock. Yeah, a lot to talk about. But first, let's talk about the five keys that I thought were going to be very important for the Boston Celtics in this game. Number one, the bench has to improve. <laughs> well, let's just say they did not, folks. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they did not. Mm-mm, nope, they sucked. They actually scored less points than they did in game three. They scored a whopping seven points. Between, I think, five guys played? Did five guys play off the bench? Did Brad go that deep? Or was it four? Either way, it's embarrassing. Let's see. He went one, one two. Well, I'm not going to count the Jonathan Gibson or Bain. So, Shemi, Gordon. Five guys. Yep, he went five deep. And we scored a riveting seven points. Guess how much the bench for the Bucks scored? 32. So, that now brings the series total to... 140 for the Bucks and 87 for your Boston Celtics. That is a difference, folks, for those who can't do math at home, of 53 points. 53 points better. Let me let me throw out some of these names for you, okay? Yersan Ilyasova, George Hill, Sterling Brown, Patrick Connington, Covington, whatever. Those four dudes outscored guys like Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, Aaron Baines, and Shemi Ojale. 
What a joke. The bench went. You you guys ready for this? They went three of seventeen. Three of seventeen. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. The bench. I know a lot of people are going to blame Kyrie for the for these last couple of games, and I'm going to be one of them in a couple minutes. Don't you worry. I got a rant for the ages. But it's really not all on Kyrie. I mean, sure we could all. You guys know I'm a Gordon Hayward guy, but Gordon Hayward has sucked in this series. He was great in the Pacers series. He has sucked in this series. He only he's only taken five shots a game. He, he Gordon Hayward had zero assists. Gordon Hayward is one of the best f- facilitators on this team. Jalen Brown had two assists. Like that doesn't make any sense. Literally, the bench had a total of two assists. That means the starters had 23. Kyrie had 10 of those assists, so he's getting other people involved. So again, not a whole bunch of blame. Number two. Don't worry about the refs. I did. I thought the refs were perfectly fine. Sure, a little missed call here. Sure, a little missed call there. Nothing crazy. Not that big of a deal. Then number three, can't rely on the three-pointer so much. So the Celtics decided to uh, take one extra shot and hit one less. So they went 10 of 40 in game three, and they went 9 of 41 in game four. Joke. What a joke. Take a step in. Like, 22%. Now, you have to give a shout-out to the Celtics for holding the Bucks to a terrible three-point percentage. I mean, the Bucks went 8 of 37, which is four percentage or four-tenths of a percentage less than what the Celtics shot. So the Celtics' perimeter defense was delicious. It was delightful. You could chew on it for a little bit until it, everything else just tasted sour in your mouth. And then number four, be physical. And... There were a lot of soft fouls, I thought, on Giannis. There were so many times where Kyrie would switch over to Giannis and just hit the dude. Hit him. Follow him. Don't just, like, kind of push him in the back a little bit and have him flop and then go up. Like, it's the playoffs. This isn't the regular season. Get after it. Hit him. Be physical. Celtics failed on that. And then number five, take care of the basketball. I mean, they did. They had, what, 17 or 18 turnovers in game three? And in this one, they only had 11? I, I think that's great. I'm su- super duper. Way to go, guys. Way to do your job and take care of the basketball. But the only problem is they didn't force a lot of turnovers. The Bucks only had eight turnovers, single-digit turnovers. The Celtics scored 12 points off those turnovers. The Bucks only scored six. So the Celtics, are, it could have been worse. Very, very fortunate there. Very, very fortunate. Now, the five keys for the series, let's talk rebounding. The Celtics went into halftime tied tied with the Bucks at 44 each. They were, I think they were up seven at the end of the first quarter on rebounds. And then they lost the rebound battle 66 to 60. You know, offensive rebounds, 11 for them, nine for us. You, That's fine. But there was just no heart to go after any long rebound. There were so many long rebounds in this game because there were so many three-pointers missed that no one really went after it. Sure, a couple times, you know, Kyrie dove on the floor. There was some questionable calls about who tipped it out or not. But, like, you you let him win the rebound battle and more by more than five. I was a big fan of keep it within three or four. We're good. And they lost it. Just no energy there. Free throw attempts. Hey, guess what? More free throw attempts. You made more. You shot a better percentage than, than them. Great job. Way to go. Even though you did shoot worse in game four than game three, because I think in game three they shot, what, 94% from the line, and this one they shot 80%. So if they make four more free throws, you know, it's 105, 
113. You know, it's it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Turnovers, like I said, I already mentioned that. I thought the turnovers would be a very important part of this entire series. Not only the series, but game by game, and the Bucks won that battle. And then pace. Pace was at 104.3. Bucks like to play at 103, so the pace was a little bit quicker than they like to play. The Celtics don't like to play that fast, so I think that bit him in the butt a little bit. And then finally, points in the paint. Points in the paint was a big one for me. The Celtics won it, I think, in game one. They obviously lost it in game two. I think they were pretty close in game three, but this this one this one hurts. So the Celtics. Oh my god. This is where like you know I'm gonna like laugh like crazy, kinda like the Joker. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like an insane laugh. Not like the Jimmy Carr laugh in the intro, by the way. I hope you like the new intro, but like so the Celtics got outscored in the paint 66 to 44. The Bucks had 66 rebounds. The Bucks had 66 points in the paint. That's more than half of their points in the paint. That means over this two game stretch, the Bucks won 118 to 66 points in the paint. 118 to 66. The Celtics in two games only got 66 points in the paint. The Bucks got 66 points in the paint in just one mother flipping basketball game. That's terrible. They just let them go into the lane. No defense, no weak side help, no help if someone else defends. I mean, if someone blows a coverage, nothing. Absolutely shameful. Terrible. Ugh. 66 points in two games in the paint. And then in one game, you allow 66 points in the paint. Get the fuck out of here. Absolutely unbelievable. All right. Let's, talk, let's do some positivity and talk about one person that has really just made me happy over these last four games. Let's hit the studden and dud music. The normal sudden dud music, not the playoff edition, because um, I'm a superstitious guy. And maybe a new intro, maybe the old stud and dud, maybe that will help the Celtics win. And what I mean by that, it probably won't help, but let me be. And now, it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, the stud and dud of the week, because literally, I'm going to talk about the stud of the week, and then the dud of the game, okay? We're going to switch it up a little bit. This entire Bucks series, I'm standing by my man, Marcus Morris. What a great series. What a great series. That and one three-pointer that he hit, mm-mm-mm. I even posted a my story on Instagram, at BannerBanter18, or on Facebook, at BannerBanter18 as well. But, folks, we're going to miss Marcus Morris. Not a lot of people realize Marcus Morris is going to be a free agent next year. Or, um, not next year. Literally, the second the season ends, Marcus Morris is no longer part of the Boston Celtics. And I'm going to miss him. He had 14 rebounds in this game. 18 and 14. 18 points, 14 
boards and was one of only three Celtics players in the positive. I think it was Tatum, Baines, and Marcus Morris. That was it. This season, he played 75 games. He only missed seven games. He averaged 13 points and six boards. He shot a career high from three at 37%, a career high from within the three-point line at 50%, a career high from the free-throw line at 84%. And then in the playoffs, you're like, I mean, can he get any better? Oh, yeah, don't worry, he can. 13 points a game, so about the same. Two more rebounds, he's getting eight boards a game. He's shooting 44% from three, 60% from inside the three-point line, and he's making 66% of his contested jump shots. Come on, stand by your man, Marcus Morris. I'm going to miss him. I really am. I might actually, you know, I'm not a big jersey guy. I might get a stand by your man, Marcus Morris jersey. Because I, I have bad luck when it comes to jerseys. And maybe I can tell that to you on, a, on, a, on another podcast and at another time. Because we're focused on the playoffs, not about terrible decisions I made when I was younger. Shout out to everyone at the Big Red. I'll never forget that day. Al Jefferson. God damn it. And the dud of the game. The dud of the game is the genius that is Kyrie Irving. And folks, I love Kyrie. I talk about I talked about this last week. I'm a stan. I really am. I don't want him to leave. I think the Celtics are a good basketball team with him around. It's just the young guys just think that they're Jesus. And sure, is Kyrie wrong for a lot of things? Sure. Like in the intro, that press conference made me want to punch him directly in the nose. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It was so selfish. He doesn't know how to lead. Al Horford, Marcus Smart, those are your leaders of this basketball team. I have no problem admitting that. Kyrie shouldn't even be in the top five discussion of who the leaders are in the locker room outside of the coaching staff. I tried to be, I I, I tried to ignore all of his bullshit all year. I really did. The genius thing annoyed me and everything that he said, like, oh, I'm in a shooting slump, 19 of 62, who cares? Um, I fucking do. I care, bud. I, give, I pay a lot of money to be a season ticket holder. The Boston Celtics' favorite season ticket holder, by the way. To sit up in Section 315 every night and give you my all. And you're like, who cares about a 1962 shooting slump? I do. I'm going to guess your teammates do, and your coach does too. Like, <clears throat> and then he says, the, the teammates are worrisome? Dude, sure, you have a valid point. Tatum wasn't good in the first couple games. Morris has been solid. Horford's been solid. Jalen Brown's been reasonable. The bench has absolutely sucked. So if you're Kyrie Irving, do you stay to keep playing with Terry Rozier or Gordon Hayward or Aaron Baines or Shemi Ojale, dudes who can't show up in the playoffs when it matters the most, especially when he's been preaching all season long, wait for the playoffs, wait for the playoffs. Kyrie, we're waiting, bud. What the fuck are we waiting for? You are solid. In the Pacers series. You were great. And you were unbelievable in game one of this Buck series. But where have you been? Shut up and just play. Shut the fuck up and just play. Please. Please. That's all I ask. And for him. To walk off the court. With 10 seconds left. If he was on the bench. I think I'm okay with it. I don't like it. But for him to walk off the court when there's 10 seconds left and he's actually playing, he's one of the five to walk off the court, what an absolute disgrace to every single former Celtics player. 
if I'm Paul Pierce, if I'm Kevin Garnett, if I'm John Havlicek, rest, rest in peace to Hondo, I'm pissed. I wouldn't want that guy to be a part of the Celtics. I know the NBA is a little different now, but like, dude, that's not Boston. Okay? And I know when people, uh, when people hate to say that. And by the way, I'm telling you this right now. If the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, congrats to them for making the Eastern Conference Finals. And the Celtics are the only team that doesn't complete this championship Grand Slam if the Bruins do win the Stanley Cup. You might as well write in my obituary, cause of death, the Celtics didn't complete the championship Grand Slam. Seriously. It will kill me and haunt me forever. For real. But you're not a leader. Sorry, I got really sidetracked. You're not a leader if you walk off the court. That's not leadership. That's being butthurt and being a sore-ass loser. So if you're going to give us that every single time things don't go your way and maybe when your teammates kind of shit a brick too, bye. 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 See ya. I'm going to miss you, but like, I can't have that. And I and I understand it's your first time being a leader, blah, blah, blah. I get some of that. Not all of it, but I get some of it. But to be such a big supporter of someone to watch them play their college ball. I know it was only nine games at Duke, but to watch his college ball, to always kind of keep an eye on him, buy the sneakers, buy the hoodies, be so happy when they traded for him. Unbelievable. Unbelievable to see him walk away like that. It It's absolutely crazy. And what's even crazier is all the shit that he talked and says, who cares? And he was on the court for the reason why the Celtics lost. So the Celtics lost by 12, right, folks? Yeah. The Celtics let up a 13-1 to run. And guess who was on the floor for the Milwaukee Bucks, okay? George Hill, Pat Cunnington, Brooke Lopez, Sterling Brown, and the Ersan Yuliasova. Do you guys hear the name Giannis Antetokounmpo or Chris Middleton? No? Okay. Then the Celtics should not be giving up 13-1 to runs when those two aren't on the floor. I mean, even Eric Bledsoe wasn't on the floor. This is what happened, okay? Kyrie hit two free throws, put the Celtics up 67-65. to So you're like, hey, all right. A lead in the third quarter with about three or four minutes to go? Let's go. Ilya Sova hit a jumper. Terry Rozier missed. George Hill hit a layup. Terry, uh, I'm sorry, Kyrie went to the line, shot one of two from the free throw line. Horford missed a shot. George Hill makes a three. Horford missed again. Sterling Brown hit a shot. Rogier's shot got blocked by Cunnington, who then sprinted down the floor. He blocked a shot and then beat everyone else down the floor. No heart, no energy. Embarrassing. He dunked it. Then Kyrie traveled with a turnover. George Hill got a layup. 13-1 to run in less than three minutes. Kyrie was on that floor for the entire thing. That is not leadership. That is not genius basketball. I, I feel like the shooting slump for Kyrie is fine, whatever. He did get other people involved. Usually when Kyrie gets 10 assists for the Celtics, they do big things. They, I guarantee you, if I were to look it up right now, how many times Kyrie has gotten 10 or more assists and how many times the Celtics have won a, won a loss, it is probably a monumental difference. I'm, I'm being like completely serious. I bet you it is insane, the difference. But for him to be on the court during the playoffs... After all the all the hype that he talked about, about this, that, and the other, it's the playoffs, we're going to flip the switch, blah, 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 blah. And for him to let that run happen is terrible. Absolutely terrible. All right. So 18 times this year, Kyrie, 10 assists or more. Let's see. One, two, three, four, 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The Celtics went one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, the Celtics went twelve and six when Kyrie has ten assists or more. So there is a literally a fifty percent chance. Well, that that's stupid. Of course, there's a fifty percent chance whether they win or lose. God, this topic has got me so fired up. I'm literally talking like an idiot. But they're twelve and six when he has ten assists or more. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. I mean, there was one game against the Wizards where he had 13 points, 12 assists, and they won by 11. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So does he... Oh, man. It's just so frustrating. It really is. But this is where it gets super frustrating. So you know about the shooting slump. And I talked about, hey, you know... It's okay if he has a shooting slump here or there. But what is going on right now is, is pretty interesting. And this is going to get real analytical. I'm going to get real analytical with you guys, okay? So Kyrie currently is shooting 24% from three and 37% overall from the field. The 37% overall from the field, it happens. 24% from three, that shouldn't happen ever. 19 of 62. He is shooting 28% on contested jumpers. So you have to give credit to the Bucks there. And I know you're not listening to that po- this podcast for me to give credit to the Bucks, but I'm being realistic. The Bucks are forcing Kyrie to do things he doesn't like to do. And he's shooting 28% on contested jumpers. That means a majority of the shots that he's missing are contested. And that's that's props to Mike Busenhoser, Rowan Gardner, whatever the case may be. That's props to him and their defensive scheme and for the players buying into that. So props to the Bucks there. Props to the Bucks. And it's not even just Kyrie. It's the entire team. In game one, the entire team shot 53% on contested jumpers. And then in games two, three, and four, on average was 38.5%. So let's just round it up to 39%. That's a 14% difference. That's that's literally the reason like the Bucks were playing great defense all four of these games. But the Celtics were hitting shots when they were being flown at, being a hand in their face, whatever you, whatever your basketball term is. The Celtics were hitting shots. Now they don't. And even though this might be the longest dud segment ever, I I'm sure you're saying to yourself, do you want Kyrie back? And we're going to talk about that once the season ends, okay? But for right now, I don't know. I'm I'm back and forth. I'm too fired up to decide. The the Duke guy, the sneakerhead, the season ticket holder, the guy who, you know, loved what he said at the season ticket holder event, the Nike commercial with his dad, the relationship I have with my dad and the Celtics. Yeah, I want him back. Then the fact that this team is now hard to cheer for because of the way he's leading it, you say no. But the way I look at it is, I think the way the NBA is shifting, it's very important to have a really good point guard. Steph Curry, Kemba Walker, those type of guys. Damian Lillard. Like, look at what Damian Lillard's doing for the Trailblazers. He's having an unbelievable playoff run. You know, Russell Westbrook, you know, a lot of people are meh on him. I'm a fan. I love his energy. I wish Kyrie had that kind of energy. But you guys got to remember, if Kyrie doesn't take his player option and goes into free agency like we all expected, Terry Rozier is a free agent too. 
I don't want Terry Rogier back on this team. Let me make that loud and clear. Bye. Bye, Felicia. I'm all set. I'm done with Terry Rogier. I'm good. All right? But if Kyrie leaves, Terry leaves, the free agent market really isn't anything special for point guards. And the NBA draft, Trey Jones ain't going from Duke. So there's really not a lot of point guards out there that are going to make guys go, wee. You, do you get what I'm trying to say? Kemba Walker, he's a free agent. You think he's going to come to Boston? Maybe. Probably not. He's going to go to a big market. He is. D'Angelo Russell, he's going to stay with the Nets. I think we can all agree with that. He should. Then you got Malcolm Brogdon, who's been hurt, who might play game five, might not. Goran Dragic, Ricky Rubio, and Derek Rose. And then you have Terry Rozier. Are any of those attractive to you? Any of them? Part of me says, you know what? Hey, Kyrie, if you can just shut the fuck up and take, you know, some t- media classes from Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, fine. Do it. Just shut up. Just shut up and play the basketball game. Please, please, please. But guess what? That's over and done with. I'm not going to talk anymore about this summer because guess what? Game five is tonight, 8 o'clock in Milwaukee. This team has a shot to be back at TD Garden so I can be back in my seats in Section 315, Row 15, Seat 7 and 8 on Friday night for Game 6. They got a shot. Now, the first thing that they got to do, I think straight up, is pray. Like, they have to pray. Dear 8-pound, 6-ounce, newborn infant Jesus, don't even know a word yet, just a little infant so cuddly, Mm. but still omnipotent. Mm. Like, I don't care who they pray to. 8-pound, 6-ounce, baby Jesus, God, Gandhi, Buddha, Illuminati, I don't care. Pray. Just pray that everyone has a good game. Like, I don't know what else to say anymore. So just pray. Then, bring back the defensive game plan that you had with Giannis from game one. I know that's easier said than done because Giannis has that killer instinct and I love it. I really do. You can't hate Giannis. He's so good. He's such a good role model for a lot of kids. His whole story is unbelievable. But here's the thing. Giannis having 30 and 12, I'm fine with. Giannis can't have 39 and 16 like he did in game four. He can't. He can't. He can't own the game like that. He can be an important part, but he can't own the game. Okay? The bench. Please. Please. Show everyone why. Everyone thought the Celtics were going to go so far because they were so deep. Okay? Just show up. Marcus Smart. Welcome back, bud. Like, welcome back. Seriously, it was great to see you back. You gave us some energy. But the fact that you thought it was okay to take seven three-pointers your first game back and you only hit one of them, that is the love-to-hate, hate-to-love thing about Marcus Smart. Dude, it's your first game back. And I understand it's a little bit different because last playoff series when you came back against the Bucks, your, your thumb was all jacked up, and now your thumb isn't. It's just your hip. I get it. But be, be smart. Be smart, smart. Just come on. Don't take seven three-pointers. You don't do that in a game normally. Maybe four or five. Fine. <sighs> Terry Rozier. Come, come a little bit closer. Let me just say this loud and clear. Do you realize how much goddamn money you have lost yourself? Do you realize that? You have sucked so much. You were going to make 
15 or 16 million dollars. You were going to get a starting point guard gig, the whole nine. You were going to make more money than Marcus Smart. And you have literally explosive diarrhea all over yourself in the playoffs. And you don't deserve a nickel more than probably what Avery Bradley made when he was here, which is like $8 million. What team would want you? Seriously. But guess what? All that aside, you want your money? You know, you want you want your Brinks truck like your Isaiah Thomas? Show up for Game 5. Help us win Game 5. Help us win Game 6. Help us win Game 7. For the love of God! And Gordon. Hey, bud. How you doing? I'm literally actually holding a Gordon Hayward Pop Funko doll, and I'm, like, squishing his head. But it's so hard to mess up his hair. Anyways, sorry about that. Gordon Hayward needs to be aggressive with his shots like Marcus Smart was in Game 4. Marcus Smart just, hey, first game back, wee, 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 just chucking up shots like they're no tomorrow. Gordon Hayward has to do that. Gordon's probably tired, probably out of shape. I get it. He hasn't played this long. That's fine. That's fine. Okay? But Gordon Hayward has to show up. And, you know, we talk about Terry Rozier free agency. I just need to say this now. Because the thought about it is going to make you sad. But at the same time, it's going to make you want them to win even more on Wednesday or tonight. Tonight, if they lose, could be the last time you see Al Horford, Terry Rozier, Kyrie Irving, Aaron Baines, Marcus Smart, and Daniel Tice in a Celtics uniform. Because a lot of people forget that Al Horford, Mr. Consistency, Al Horford is above average good. Okay, love Al Horford. He has a player option. He could either take that $30 million or walk and go somewhere else. He deserves a ring. He's a true leader, a winner, a true professional. So just keep that in mind. So I want to see these guys keep playing together because I think when, when everything's gelling, they're a great team. So, yeah. All right. Fourth. Yeah, there's, I, I have six things for game, so they can play game six on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Take a step in. Okay? Let's all say it together. Take a step in. There is no need for you to shoot more than 43 pointers in a basketball game, ever. Not with the collection of shooters that you got. You guys aren't the Warriors. You guys aren't the Bucks. Okay? Stop. Shoot 30. Everything, those 10 or 12 extra shots, take a step in. Attack the basket. Go to the free throw line. Take an elbow jumper like Tatum's been doing. Tatum's been doing a great job with that. A little shot fake, a little power dribble. Pop up, boom, stick it. Love it. Number five, don't let Kyrie decide who is guarding who on defense. There were multiple times in the third quarter and sometimes in the second quarter where Kyrie would literally point to Marcus Morris and tell him to guard Middleton and then Kyrie was on Giannis. That makes no sense. Kyrie is not the leader on defense. That has to be smart. That has to be Horford. That has to be Morris. And then maybe Kyrie, maybe. Kyrie Irving should not be giving out defensive assignments, okay? So that better go the F away in game five. And then finally, and I think this is the most important, don't give up big runs in the third quarter. I mean, the Celtics were winning in both the third quarters, in both games three and four, and if it wasn't for those big runs that the Bucs went on, the Celtics could have won these basketball games, and they could be up 3-1 versus being down 3-1. So don't give up runs. 
you know, a 6-0 run, 7-0 run, I get it. It happens. It's the NBA. It's a game of runs. But you can't be giving up 13-1 runs without Giannis and Middleton on the floor. All right? That's it. Episode 44. I'm really hoping I can do episode 45 to preview game 6. But if not, I will do a full season recap if the Celtics do, do lose. So fingers and toes crossed here, folks. But I really appreciate everyone listening and dealing with me because... I need the Celtics in my life, and when they're not, I get really upset and sad. It sucks. So, toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Win one for me, Celtics. I want to be back in the garden on Friday night. Come on! Bye, guys. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye. See ya. Bye. See ya. Okay. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. Okay. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans. Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.